It's time for Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Every week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. Guests will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright. Hello and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright, and it is a pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be an amazing show. I do want to take a minute or two to share some things I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I will do this every single week. I did a Facebook video a few days ago, and the question that I posed was, is it selfish to say yes to yourself? It's a very interesting question, and I would say if you look at that on the surface, you would say, well, of course it's selfish to say yes to yourself because you, you have to help other people. But really, let's dig a little bit deeper. It depends on your reason for wanting to say yes to yourself. If your reason is at the expense of other people, then that's a bad thing because people who think that way have a zero-sum mentality. They think that if someone else has a piece of the pie that's bigger, then mine must necessarily be smaller. The world is abundant, the universe is abundant, and it doesn't have to be that way. I would say if your reason for saying yes to yourself is to give yourself permission to use the gifts that you've been given in life in the purpose of serving, helping, and loving other people, then it's perfectly acceptable. It's even preferred that you go ahead and do that because I'll tell you what, there's not enough of that in the world at all. We need to use our gifts. We've all been given a very special gift in life, and our job is to find out what that is. And only you can do that. But once you do that, if you are giving your gift in the service of other people, you can do amazing things. Think about it like this. If you had the cure for cancer and you did not share it with anybody because you were afraid that no one would believe you or that perhaps th that you actually didn't do it or for some other reason just wanted to discredit you, that's selfish. It really is. If you've got something wonderful to share with the world, you are almost committing a sin against humanity by not sharing that gift because you don't know who would be deprived of the help that you can provide. So say yes to yourself. Give yourself permission to excel. You will be so glad you did. At this time, I would normally introduce my guest. My guest is running a little behind, and so I'm going to continue the show by myself. And I haven't had a solo show in quite a while, so this will be fun. What I want to do is to talk about leadership because that was going to be the topic of our show anyway, was value-based leadership. But I want to talk about some of the things that I've learned make for an excellent leader. And I, I have a book about this. It's called Student Leadership Strategies, 21 Easy Ways to Become a Center of Influence in Your Group. And when I wrote this book, I sat out on my patio with a legal pad and I asked myself, what makes a great leader? I wrote down 21 reasons. I, my goal was to come up with 21 reasons why that was true or what the character qualities would be. I came up with 30. And when I started writing, I realized those 30 topics meshed into 21. And so I ended up with my 21 topics anyway. And I'd like to go ahead and, and just talk for a little while about what some of these leadership uh, qualities actually are. One of the most important things that I think an excellent leader has is a clear vision 
and a clear purpose. In other words, do you have clarity about where you want to go with your life? And are you capable of sharing that vision with other people? That is so, so important. The people who have achieved on a world class had a vision and a purpose. You look at someone like Elon Musk right now who's living today. He has disrupted several industries with what he's doing right now. You think of SpaceX, which is privatizing space travel. You think of Tesla, which is a car that a lot of people really, really want. And the the Hyperloop, which he's talked about, and I think uh, there's some progress on that, but that would be more or less a, a a cross-country subway or underground subway system that would connect you uh, from Phoenix to Boston, for example, in just mere hours. It would be really, really amazing if that came to pass. But someone like that sees the world as it could be and not as it is right now. Even go back in time, think about Alexander Graham Bell, who uh, had the vision for people being able to talk from one place to another, not even being in the same room and inventing the telephone. You think of Thomas Edison trying 10,000 times to invent a light bulb that would actually work, and he didn't give up. And that's the really interesting thing about Thomas Edison is he didn't figure uh, that he was failing 10,000 times. He saw it as 10,000 different ways that it didn't work. That's persistence. And if you are going to be a world-class achiever, you have to have that quality as well. Even the Wright brothers who dreamed of sustained flight huge, huge vision. A lot of people said that flying was for birds. Well, if that was the case, uh, if we weren't meant to fly, then we would, well, gosh, you just look at how much easier things are right now being able to fly. But they had a vision and they fulfilled it. So having a clear vision and purpose is very important. Something else that is extremely important in terms of being an excellent leader is to help team members feel welcome in your presence. Think about that, for example. If you've ever read anything by Dale Carnegie, uh, having a pleasing personality certainly is a way that you can magnetically attract people to yourself. If you have a a gratiating personality, if you have a personality that's not pleasant, if you are the type of person no one wants to be around because you're constantly complaining or looking for what's wrong with everything, no one wants to be around you. And if you've noticed that, the people who don't tend to have a lot of friends are the ones that have a really rough personality. But if you have a pleasing personality, if you make other people feel welcome around you, if you welcome the gifts and talents that other people have to add to the mix of what you're already doing, people want to join your organization. You think about some of the most world-class organizations in the world. Their company culture is very welcoming, very collaborative, not competitive. Their competition is with other organizations, not within. So make it make it collaborative. Make other people feel welcome in your presence and really appreciate and love the gifts that you have. So that's just the best way that you can uh, attract leaders to yourself and other people to yourself is by making other people feel welcome. Something else that you can do to be an excellent leader is to act decisively. A lot of people When they have something to decide, they want to gather information, and there's nothing wrong with wanting to gather a lot of information. However, there comes a point where you have to stop gathering information and just do something. One of my favorite examples was when I was considering going to graduate school. I had a professor uh, at Iowa State University, and I was talking to him about going to graduate school at Nebraska because he also had his graduate degree from there. And so I was picking his brain and learning everything I could about what it was like to go to school at Nebraska. And it was many years before I went, of course. But I was just agonizing over this decision. And finally, Dr. Kaufman said to me, Brian, I want to tell you something. Eventually, you're going to have to decide. You can be in information gathering mode forever, 
for days, weeks, months. But eventually, you're going to have to decide. And I would guess that you know everything you need to know right now to make a decision about your future. So I would encourage you to just make a decision and do one or the other. Now, if you think about it, you can make a decision and you might learn information later that may have changed your mind, but you can't fault yourself for not knowing that information. I think everything comes to you at its proper time. So if you have a decision to make, just just make that decision. Tony Robbins talks about in his book, uh, Awaken the Giant Within, Make a Decision Today. And I'll tell you, I joined a gym for the very first time because of Tony Robbins and reading that chapter, which was chapter one of Awaken the Giant Within. Make a decision today. Find something in your life that you've been putting off and make a decision today and then take action. You will be very glad you did. Something else that I think is a great quality of an excellent uh, uh, leader is to be a great listener. Here's the thing. A lot of people think they're great listeners, but the truth is very, very few people are. Very, very few people are really great listeners. Why? Because they listen with the intent of replying rather than with the intent, intent of understanding what the other person's saying. I had a roommate one time, uh, and it seems like a lot of our conversations were double monologues. And just the way to explain that was every time he talked, he was picking up where he was talking from before and not responding to what I had said. And I found myself doing the same thing. It's like we were taking turns telling our story without really addressing what the other person was saying. It was really odd. It felt very natural to both of us, but I realized what was going on and our conversations weren't very interactive. So be a great listener, really listen to what they're saying. And if you want to be a really, really great listener, it all involves asking really great questions. Ask questions such as who, what, why, where, when. Those kinds of questions will get you at the surface of what someone is talking about. But if you start asking how, how did you do that? Why did you do that? What was your reason for that? What were you, what were you thinking about when you were making that decision? Asking why and how makes the other person dig deeper. And if you are asking those kinds of questions, people will usually appreciate that because it shows that you really care and that you're trying to dig a little deeper, which is fine. If the other person doesn't want to dig deep with you, then that's up up to them. But be a great listener. The best leaders that I've ever had in my life are people who are amazing, amazing listeners. So be a really, really great listener. That would be so amazing. Something else that excellent leaders do is they are excellent problem solvers. Here's something that I like to think about. If you have a problem, think about it like a challenge. Don't use the word problem because that has a negative connotation to it, but use it as a challenge. Lots of people like to overcome a challenge or solve a challenge. They make it a game. So why not reframe your problem as a challenge or something to get over or something to get around or something to bust through? There's a lot more empowerment when you envision the thing that you need to go through in that way rather than as a problem. And here's something else to think about, too. Tony Robbins talks about life metaphors in that very same book, Awaken the Giant Within. And basically, it's about describing life in a way that is comparing something unfamiliar with something familiar. For example, one of my favorite life metaphors is that life is like a Jeopardy game. All the answers are there on the board, but the winner is the one who comes up with the right question. So if you think about having a challenge to solve – as 
something that is akin to a Jeopardy game, that presupposes that all of the answers are on the board already, which also means that there is no hopeless situation in life. There's an answer for everything. And the people who succeed greatly in life are the ones that ask the best questions. So ask really good questions in order to solve the challenges that you were up against. The people who have achieved greatly have asked, how can they make this work? And that's the key to it. We're coming up against our very first break, and this is Success Profiles Radio. We're talking about aspects of a great leader, and we will come back shortly afterwards. Please stay with us. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please don't go away. is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Are you stressed out? Because if you are, you're not alone. In fact, research shows that over 73% of all Americans report symptoms of stress, which is a key factor contributing to mental and physical illness. And that stress is usually related to work, money, or relationships. Up until now, the solution to combat the effects of stress have been delivered through pharmaceutical companies. But now there's a natural way to solve this problem without the harmful side effects. The Healthy Primate Stress Support Supplement contains natural ingredients proven to reduce cortisol, also known as the stress hormone, which causes damage to our body. And unlike prescriptions, your satisfaction is guaranteed with a 100% money-back offer on all orders. In addition, a portion of all proceeds goes to PTSD research, and as a bonus, all purchases will include a free copy of the new ebook, The Survival Guide to Living with Stress. So get the Healthy Primate Stress Support Supplement today at www.screwstress.com. Click the Amazon logo. It'll take you where you need to go. Once again, that is www.screwstress.com. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. Welcome back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week will be coming on very shortly, and her name is Dr. Betty Uribe. We will talk about values-based leadership. So let me just go ahead and continue here for a bit uh, while we're waiting for her to come on the line. We are talking about leadership today, and I think it's really, really important uh, to, to, for a lot of reasons to, to be an excellent leader. I think the world needs leadership right now more than ever. We take a look at the examples that we see uh, in the media, and they like to spin everything in a negative way. 
And just because the media doesn't talk about something doesn't mean it's not happening. There are many examples of wonderful leadership. In fact, I think you'll find that a lot of those people are people who are just ordinary, everyday people in your life, whether it's your parents, whether it's your teachers, whether it's uh, your boss in your company, whether it's uh, somebody that you admire, uh, a sports figure or, or a coach. But there are a lot of really, really great uh, examples of leaders. So let's continue our discussion right now. Having the quality of an excellent leader, there's several quality uh, qualities of an excellent leader. Creating measurable goals for your team is, is so, so important. And uh, you have to be able to measure what your goals are. If you don't have a way to measure what you're doing, then it will not get done. Uh, and it looks like my guest is on the phone, Dr. Betty Uribe. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Oh, hey, you're very welcome. I know that uh, uh, we, we missed our connection a little bit ago, but I, uh, I may do, and we are here. Your book is called Hashtag Values, The Secret to Top-Level Performance in Business and Life. If you could give us just a very brief background as to who you are, that will fo uh, form our, our discussion. Absolutely. My name is Dr. Betty Uribe. I am an executive vice president in California. I run a $3.5 billion business with consumer business and, and commercial banking. I'm also the author of a new book that came out on January 17th called Hashtag Values, The Secret to Top-Level Performance in Business and Life. And the book was written as a result of my dissertation. My doctorate is in organizational leadership from Pepperdine University. In my doctoral studies, I, I sought out to take a look at what, what leaders are there that can be role models for values-based leaders. If you remember, in, uh, in, uh, when the economy started going down, there were leaders that were failing or, or, or coming down because the common thread was the decisions they were making were not congruent or not aligned with their value system. And I, and I thought, surely there are some leaders that we can race up as role models that are values-based leaders. And my definition of values-based leaders is are leaders who lead with values, their, their higher values or moral values. They make decisions based on those, focus on the good of the whole, and, um, and make a difference in others. And these leaders absolutely have to be uh, high-performing leaders. And, and so I went into the White House and the Pentagon. I interviewed generals from all lines of military. I also interviewed CEOs of businesses around the country, large and medium-sized businesses, and CEOs and C-level executives in the finance world. I chose those three pillars because business, military, and finance, because these are the pillars of a community, the pillars of a country, the pillars of a city. And, um, and, I, and I found some incredible leaders and some common threats between them and a tremendous amount of leadership and life lessons that we can all learn from to make a better life and a better business. Wow, that's really great, and it's interesting that you chose those three because 
if any one of those fails, the community really uh, experiences a downturn for sure. You have exactly. to have strong military leadership. You have to have strong corporate leadership, and you have to have strong leadership in the finance world because that's how that's where the country really turns is having uh, good uh, credit throughout society. So, how do you become a values based leader? Well, that's a very interesting question. Either you become it or you are born it, right? I think all of us were raised with a certain set of values, or most people are raised with a certain set of values. And what happens is life happens, or our values are put to the test in tough situations. And, uh, and so unless we are very clear on what's important to us, unless we become really clear on the core values that we're going to be living our life with, uh, then it's really easy to deviate from them. And so how do you become, so, so to answer your question, Brian, how do you become a values-based leader? Right. You lead with values. You, you're clear on what your value system is. And a lot of people, if I ask them, what are your values? When I interview for senior executives at the company or even when I interview for, for middle management, what, that's one of the questions I ask is, what are your core values? What do you value most? So it's a really simple question, but unless you've really thought about it, you're not going to be able to just say it, this is what I do, and this is why I do it, and this is what's important to me, and I stand by these values. It's really easy to just live life, what I call an automatic, get up in the morning, do what you do, and then just move on. And so when we're on automatic like that, situations come, and we, we are forced to make a decision, and those are defining moments for us as leaders, as heads of household, as mothers, as fathers, as brothers, as sisters, as spouses. Those are the defining moments. Absolutely. Do you, and I imagine that a lot of the top-level people that you've interviewed have a pretty clear idea of what their value system is, but the average person really doesn't spend a lot of time thinking about that. So how do you pinpoint what your values are? Well, when I talk to uh, individuals or when I speak at events, I, I talk about um, what is important to you. Uh, and I, I start by talking about what's important to me personally. And, uh, for example, my, my personal values are God, family, job, education, health, and community in that order. And so I live my life based on that. How that translates to my employees is the family comes before the job. And I live by that. Now, I don't allow that to stand in the way of performance at the job. Instead, I set myself up to when. So if my kids are going to call me, they text me. If, um, but if they do call me, I know that it's an emergency and they really need me. So it's all about congruency. Yeah. Right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, so I may say, these are my values, and this is what I stand by, and this is how I make my decisions, but if I don't act according to that, Brian, mm-hmm. you and I know that we leave room for questions. We, right. we lack trust around us, and we leave room for, for um, interpretation of what we're doing. 
Yeah. And people will naturally look for the negative interpretation if they don't know you very well, but they might give you the benefit of the doubt if they do know you, like you, and trust you a lot, but don't leave room for that happening. I can certainly appreciate exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So you have, uh, and for people who want to read the book, it's again, it's called Hashtag Values, The Secret to Top-Level Performance in Business and Life. And you can find it on her website, drbettyribe.com and on Amazon and other fine bookstores everywhere. Uh, you talk about the 10, uh, how, did, how did you call this? The 10 leading values that a top-level organization has. Did I get that right? Um, this are, uh, we call it Dr. Betty's Top Ten, and, and okay. it's, it's my Chapter Ten, and, and these are uh, some, uh, it's not all-encompassing, but these are advice for the journey, right? So guiding principles that a leader, um, or really anyone, um, could actually lead with, right? So the first one is lead with values. But in order to lead with values, you have to know what your values are, right? Yes. The second one is protect your brand. And we talk about brand in a business perspective, and we don't talk too much about a personal brand or a professional brand. If you were to talk to the people that know you and then people that know them, what would they say about you? That is your brand, how you are known. And, and how do you protect your brand? You protect your brand by acting according to your values and being consistent with that. Finding your own voice. A lot of people try to copy other people and they say, I want to be just like them. And this is a huge lesson. If you want to be just like somebody else because they seem to be performing better, what if your opportunity or your talent is much higher than theirs? You've just limited yourself to their limitations. So finding your own voice is really important in being yourself. You can learn from others, but you need to have your own voice because that's what people appreciate is the authenticity. Number four is seeking out champions, and the difference between champions and mentors is the mentors help you as you're growing in your career, but the champions are the ones that put their reputation on the line for you. So I talk about champions because of that. Number five is inspire other leaders to be the best version of themselves. How do you inspire others? You inspire others by your way of being. If you are consistent, if you are congruent, if you do what you say you're going to do, and then, then and if you lead with values, you're really focusing on the good of the whole, you're making a difference in other people, people naturally are going to be inspired by you, and they're going to want to follow you. Number six is uh, leaving a legacy. We're on this earth for a limited number of times, number of days. And so leaving a legacy makes it worthwhile and it gives you a higher purpose for what you're doing. My legacy is I'm raising funds for children all over the world and the proceeds of the book. The book go to scholarships. I've given some scholarships in Kenya already. We've raised a million dollars for students in Southern California. We're putting 54 kids through college in Southern California. So there's different things that people can do. And maybe the legacy is something as simple as leaving behind children that are 
ethical and that want to make a difference in the world. Absolutely. We're Number coming seven. up against oh, we're coming up against our for our next break. Let's oh, continue this sorry. after the break and I'm so sorry to Absolutely. cut you off, but Sure, this is Success Profiles Radio, and we're talking with Dr. Deddy, uh, Betty uh, Uribe, and her book is called Hashtag Values, The Secret to Top-Level Performance in Business and Life. We'll finish her top 10, and we'll talk about a lot of other leadership topics. This is a fantastic show. Please stay with us. This is Success Profiles Radio. Don't go away. is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. Looking for the perfect destination in Costa Rica, Panama, or Thailand? Concerned about the economy and looking for an escape plan? Then you need to go to escapeartist.com and learn how you can live, work, invest, retire, or do business overseas. Escape Artist has the perfect plan for you. Join our 400,000 readers and get your free subscription to Escape from America magazine. Visit www.escapefromamerica.com and create your escape plan right now. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Dr. Betty Uribe. Her book is called Hashtag Values, The Secret to Top-Level Performance in Business and Life. And if you want to uh, learn more about the show, you can download and subscribe to Success Profiles Radio on iTunes for free. You can also listen to any past episode. This is episode number 220, by the way, at successprofilesradio.com. It points to my show page, and you can listen or download any episode you'd like for free there as well. And so we're talking about Dr. Betty's top 10 uh, value-based leadership principles, and we've talked about six of them already. The last thing you talked about was leaving a legacy, which is so important. What are the other four? Uh, Thank you, Brian. So number seven is don't ever, ever forget where you came from. And stepping into the light. Where that came from was I was born and raised in South America, and I came to the United States when I was 12 years old. My father was a millionaire. He did really well in the transportation world, uh, but he drank a lot. And so my mother came to the U.S. with four children. She was 45 years old, and I was 12 years old. And I came here to be poor. I cleaned houses and babysat and helped my mother 14 years later. I, 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 uh, I actually retired her with my first bonus check as a banker. And wow. so 
it's really easy for us to, everybody has a story, and it's easy for us to forget or to want to forget the past. But I think when we don't forget where we came from and we reach back and bring others along, it's an opportunity for us to, one, stay humbled, Mm-hmm. Two, stay centered. And then three, be able to make a difference for others. You can't be an example for others. And one of the things you talk about is, is being, being someone that people are comfortable to be with. If we believe the lie, what I call the lie, meaning what's, what it says on my business card, right? I'm mm-hmm. not the, the, the business card. I am Betty. I'm not even my title. I'm just Betty. And as long as I know that this is who I am and where I came from, then I will be more humble and I will be more willing to bring others along with me. The stepping into the light is, um, is about individuals who are too shy to step into the light and to say, you know, I've done this or I can do this. Um, and I, uh, one of the people in my book, uh, Raquel Bono, she's today in charge of all of the health care facilities for all of the military for the United States around the world. Wow. She has a huge job. And you should, you should see some of the examples. Her name is Raquel Bono. And I met her when she was in D.C. receiving an award as a surgeon and a leader in the Navy. And, um, and then fast forward, I just saw her in D.C. when I unveiled my book. And one of the things she said was, I'm now stepping into the light. Now, she stepped into the light when she got the award. Wouldn't it be wonderful if she would have stepped into the light much earlier so that she could bring others along while she was in her journey? Yeah. Um, So that's where that came from. Trusting your instincts is number eight. Malcolm Gladwell talks about you become an expert once you have worked in your field, have done the same job for 10,000 hours. And when many people, that's, that's about five years, so many people are experts, subject matter experts, but they don't trust themselves. And I equal that uh, from a leadership perspective. When I interview someone, I was interviewing for a senior manager position, and there was something wrong with this one individual. This person was just so good. I asked other people to interview, and they said, oh, my gosh, this person's great. Let's just get him on board. But there was something about them. Come to find out through some research and through some serendipitous situations, I found out that the person was not telling entirely the truth during the interview. But I knew that there was something. I just couldn't put my finger on it. I mean, you've had those situations when you meet somebody and you say, oh, my gosh, they're so nice, but there's something there. Well, there usually is. You just need to trust your instincts. Uh, Number nine is live a life of gratitude. And I often talk about abundance. uh, And I think that when we live a life of gratitude, we, we live a life of abundance. I never knew I was poor when I came to the United States because my mother always was celebrating the little things. And, you know, we, we bought clothes at the garage sales and we had the church come to bring us groceries. I couldn't call my father on the phone because 
I couldn't afford to call him, and I was daddy's little girl, so I had to write him letters, so I wrote him a letter every week, and he did the same for me. But I didn't know I was poor, So, but, yeah. but we lived a life of gratitude. So for me, it was abundance. I didn't know yeah. any better. Now, sure. I'm not saying that we need to be that naive, but I think when we wake up every morning and we, when we live in gratitude, it, it, it turns out to be a totally different life. And then number 10 is lead with a higher purpose. I don't mean from a religious standpoint necessarily, although Mm -hmm. I am spiritual, not necessarily religious, but very spiritual. Mm -hmm. Leading with a higher purpose, the way I explain it is leading with something that's bigger than you. Let's take Vice Admiral Raquel Bono for for, uh, as an example. Uh, in, In this chapter, I talk about her having to do surgery in the middle of war when there were missiles going all around. And the first instinct she had was to say, I can't believe they expect me to do surgery on the soldier in the middle of the missiles going around. And then she checked herself and she said, wait a minute, I joined the Navy to save lives. And by golly, come hell or high water, I'm going to save this life. Mm-hmm. And she did. She she. She operated and she saved the soldier's life. And that's an example she gave me as I was interviewing her about what leading with a higher purpose is. So those are the top ten. Again, they're not inclusive, all-inclusive, right. there's other things. But these are just little things that may seem little, but they mean they, they create big things, big crescendo um, yeah. all around us. I love that. It's a great list. I mean, if, if you're going to start with 10 of anything, those are 10 really great principles to start with. Get the book, everyone. Hashtag values, the top, the secret to top-level performance in business and life. You can go to drbettyurebe.com and get that. You can get it on Amazon. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. Fantastic. And in fact, in fact, Brian, if they go to my website, there are two nonprofits that I'm donating to as a result of the book sales, and one of them is in Kenya, and the other one is in in uh, in the United States. And they Wonderful. the proceeds do go to scholarships. That's great. What makes being a leader so hard? I think being a leader and becoming a leader and having the title is the easy part. I think being a mediocre leader is fairly easy, but I think being a great leader, I don't, I don't know that it's hard. It just takes time and dedication, and it takes that leader being willing to be vulnerable, being willing to really work on themselves, which a lot of people don't want to do or are afraid to do because they're afraid to face their own demons, right? Right. So I, I think it just takes time. It takes determination, just like anything that's worthwhile in life. You know, I talk to people about getting their doctorate. If it was so easy, everybody would have one. Right. So it takes determination. It takes courage. Mm -hmm. Uh, It takes being willing to be wrong. It takes being a great listener and being a great follower as they talk in the military. So it takes a lot of things that... If we really just want to live a comfortable life, then we probably don't want to do that. Right. 
Exactly. The idea of being a great follower is so important because a lot of people think that being a leader is being a leader and uh, I don't follow anybody. Well, you, you have to. You have to learn to be a good follower because that allows you to relate to the people who are following you. Does that sound accurate? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And as I think about, you know, I've spoken to leaders uh, all over the world. Uh, in fact, with, with the book launch, I, I went to the Vatican. The Vatican endorsed my book. So I went to the Vatican to the highest levels and then That's I've been so cool. invited to go. <laughs> Thank you. And I've been invited to go to different governments and talk to prime ministers and talk to presidents and so forth. And and as I analyze the leaders that I interviewed, everybody has a leader. Even the chairman of the board, they have to answer to the board of directors. And the board of directors has a boss. The board of directors has the investors in the company. So... If you really want to be a great leader, you have to become a great follower first. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned uh, in your book that you got to dine with President Bush. How did that happen? That just seems so surreal and so amazing. Not everyone gets to do that. How did that opportunity come to you? It was it was an interesting opportunity. I was a banker at the time, and President Bush was in town, and... I didn't know him. Uh, there was a small gathering in Los Angeles, and there were maybe, I want to say, 50 people. It was a very small gathering, and I didn't know him. Uh, and I was sitting at one of the tables on the outskirts of the, of the room, but I could see the, the, the big table uh, where the president was sitting with a lot of security around him. And I thought, you know, I want to get a picture with President Bush, and I want to introduce myself to him. I grabbed a camera, and I said, who wants to come with me? And so we went, we went over, and I started shaking hands at the edge of the table, at the other edge of the table from where the president was. And I just said, hey, thank you for coming. My name is Betty, and, and welcome to California. Thank you so much for being here. And I inched my way to the president. When I got to the president, I just shook his hand and I said, Mr. President, I just wanted to meet you. My name is, and I introduced myself and said a few words to him. And I asked him if I could take a picture with him, and he he was just wonderful. He was talking about um, a lot of different things, but one of the things that stood out to me in our conversation was he said, it's not what we have, but what we do with what we have that makes a difference. And that was probably one of the most profound things that he said to me um, that night that stayed with me. But that's how I met him. Was this the older President Bush or was it George W.? It was the older President Bush, the father. I, I figured that was the case. We are coming up against our next break. My very special guest is Dr. Betty Uribe, and we are talking about principles from her book called Hashtag Values, The Secret to Top-Level Performance in Business and Life. It's a great read, and this was based on her dissertation. So it took a while for her to rework her dissertation into a book, but it's, it's a good read. It's easy to read, and you will get a lot of valuable information from it. We will come right back for our final segment right after this, and so much more to talk about leadership. As always, a great topic to discuss. It's so sorely needed in our country and in our society, and if you want to learn how to be a great leader and, and what her research has shown to be a great leader you got to read this book we will come right back after the break this is success profiles radio please stay with us don't go away we will be right back
mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Do you have trouble falling asleep and staying asleep? I know that drugs can be addictive and cause a hangover the next day. That's why you need the Sleep Band. The Sleep Band helps you fall asleep quickly and easily and for a longer period of time. This results in a more restful and peaceful night's sleep, which is something all of us need. With the Sleep Band, you will wake up fresh and alert, ready to begin your day. You can get your Sleep Band and other great healing products by visiting HealingFrequencyProducts.com. Check it out today for a better sleep tomorrow. HealingFrequencyProducts.com. This is the Toginet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. Times reports that in almost every way, we tend to choose mates that look, sound, and act like we do. Except in the area of money, where we seem to choose a person who is our polar opposite. In other words, spendthrifts and tightwads tend to marry each other. Unfortunately, having different spending habits can be a major cause of marital conflict. I admit to being a bit of an oniomaniac that's a compulsive shopper. While my husband is a cluster fist, he always holds my hand when we go shopping. Otherwise, I'll have a massity. That's the itch to buy. I once took him with me to shop for a party dress. He looked at the tag, and his face suddenly turned white, and his palms became sweaty. I guess that's why women's stores always have those comfy chairs outside the dressing rooms. It's for your husband to sit down in when he sees the price tag. It's Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. Back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest is Dr. Betty Uribe. Her book is called Hashtag Values, The Secret to Top-Level Performance in Business and Life. Get that at drbettyuribe.com or on Amazon or any fine bookstore that's in your area. And if they don't have it, ask for it or get it online. Either way, it's okay. Just get the book. Here's what I want to ask you next. Uh, because all great leaders are tested before their glorious moment, right? So who, what do you think has been the greatest test of your leadership skills in your career? What comes to mind, Brian, is uh, my current position when I first took over. I've been doing turnarounds uh, in banking for now over 20 years. And Every team that I've ever taken, I've turned around, and and it's just something natural that I do, and then I got trained to do it and so forth. When I came to uh, California Bank and Trust, the the team or the group that I came to lead uh, had gone through several uh, buys, so they had bought several banks, and the culture was not... um, all cohesive, and the people in the community didn't know them that well. And so normally you come in and you you have a cohesive team or a team that you are merely looking to increase the performance. 
here the, it was a very complex team of wonderful human beings, beautiful people. Uh, and so for me to take this team and create a common vision and take six different cultures from six different banks and merge the cultures into one culture, one common vision, mm. and um, and build trust with everyone. Yeah. Uh, there was so much diversity in the group. And I don't mean the diversity that we talk about in California or in New York or in Chicago or in Florida. I'm talking about diversity of thought. Mm. There was a tremendous amount of diversity of thought in the group. And what I wanted to do was respect the diversity of thought because there were very bright people at the table and really nurture that mm. and allow individuals to lead in their own way and yet have them align under a common vision align under something that was common to them that they could feel passionate about, that could translate into the way they treat their clients, into the way they treat their customers and each other, and into the way they treat their communities, and then eventually their homes, right? Their families yeah. when they go home. Right. We came up with something with a mantra called building trust and value in relationships for generations. Mm. And we created everything around that, the decisions that were made. And we have incredible core values as a company. Our, our CEO, David Blackford, had incredible values. Our chairman for Zion's Bank Corp, who's the mother company, Harris Simmons, he's actually highlighted in my book, incredible set of core values. So it was just a matter of really taking a look at all of that. But the first thing I did was I, I spoke with 100% of the people that reported to me mm. in the first three months. A minimum of wow. 10 months, 10 minutes, a maximum of an hour and a half. It took me three months to get through hundreds of people. Wow. And getting them to be heard. And one of the questions you asked me before the break is, why is it being a great leader, and I'll add the word great, so difficult. Yeah. It's because you have to be willing to pay the price. You have to be willing to listen to every individual. You have to be willing to put in the time, and that's, that's what happened. Last year in Chicago, uh, the Corporate Executive Board, which is a, a, a group of people that do analysis and banking, they did a case study on this turnaround, and they published the case study. It's with the Corporate Executive Board. They had me presented in Chicago to 30 banks around the world as a best-in-class turnaround in banking. Wow. It was tough. It was the biggest test of my leadership skills because with every conversation, there was something, and it was very complex. The complexity of it is what made it tough because yeah. we run consumer banking, business banking, commercial banking, all of it. And then in, on top of that, it was different organizations that had been merged into one. And the yeah. diversity of thought made it tough. But that was, and, and it's been just such a wonderful blessing. 
That's great. What was surprising to you as you were writing this book and doing the research? One of the biggest surprises I had was how common the stories were. Even though I had people from different ethnographic groups, different demographic groups as they started, every single one of them had a story. And the common threads that I write about that any person, whether they are the President of the United States or the President of Kenya, or whether they are a head of household or a mother that is reading the book, anyone in how simple the answers are, that it doesn't take a lot of complexity to become a great leader. It's actually quite simple. Is it easy? Not necessarily, but no. it's very simple. I think that's probably one of the biggest surprises for me. Wow, that's great. So having a solid base of values to work from can certainly help us get through the difficult times. Would you say that's accurate? Absolutely. How so? Absolutely. It's when you know what your values are and you're willing to stand for those values, your decisions, when it comes to decision-making, and, and Chapter 9 in the book is my decision model. That's what I added to the body of knowledge. I came up with a values-based decision model that today we use here um, at my company, and I always use. So it's simple to make a decision because I know the value system that I'm going to make a decision with. For example, I had two employees two weeks ago. And we sat down with a couple of senior managers. We needed to make a decision on who got the credit for something. And so before we started the decision, we said, okay, what value system are we going to make this decision with? What's important to us? And the employees, all of them, started saying, okay, we want to make sure that the customer's taken care of. Okay, that's one thing. We want to make sure that both employees feel that we're being fair. Both employees voted, and they said, we w I want to make sure that it's a fair decision. Okay. I want to make sure that at the end of the day, when we walk away and we look back at this decision, that we're still friends, that we can continue to collaborate with one another. Okay, that was a value system, and yeah. so forth. So we went into this putting the value system first. Then we made the decision, and then we came back and double-checked, were we in integrity with the value system that we wanted to make the decision with? Mm. And yes, we were, and now the team is continues to be a great team. Wouldn't it be wonderful, so Brian, think about uh, a couple that is not doing well in their marriage, and they have children that are observing this. Yeah. If before getting into a conversation, if they were to put the value system first, okay, what, are we, what do we value most, and how are we going to handle this situation? Yeah, that's really fantastic. So what do you wish you knew before you started your journey? What do I wish I knew before I started the journey of writing the book or the journey of my life or uh, writing the well, let's just talk about writing the book yeah that'd be fine before I started writing the book mm -hmm. um, I wish I knew how easy it was going to be to get into the White House and the Pentagon and 
and and and to get introduced to the right types of leaders. I thought it was going to be a lot more difficult, and I think I I probably made it difficult for myself, but it was quite simple. Hmm, that's fantastic. So uh, we've got probably three or four minutes left until the end. Who inspires and motivates you? I'm going to say um, something that can probably divide people. Um, If you take a look at the life of Jesus Christ as a human being and as a leader, in the three years what he was able to accomplish was absolutely amazing. And the way I see it, anybody who's being critiqued, how many times have we been critiqued and criticized and put and pretty much brought down to our knees and to be able to have a forgiving heart like that um, was was quite extraordinary. Uh, So for me, in my leadership journey, I often go back to those three years and say, if he was able to do this, then I can also do this. And what are the biggest leadership lessons that I can learn from him? That's awesome. That's who inspires me the most. That's really great. We've got about a minute and a half or so to the end. Any final words of wisdom you'd like to share with us today, Dr. Betty? I think if we are tuned in with who we are and be proud of who we are, be proud of our heritage, and know what we value most and put that in front of every decision, then our marriages will be better, our relationship with our children will be better, with our partners, with our fathers, our mothers, our bosses, our neighborhoods, and this life will be a better place. Absolutely. And you can get her book called Hashtag Values, The Secret to Top-Level Performance in Business and Life. You can find that at drbettyurebe.com, and that's U-R-I-B-E for the spelling of her last name. You can also find it on Amazon and other fine bookstores everywhere. Dr. Betty, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciated having you here today. Thank you very much, Brian. It's been truly a pleasure. Wonderful. This has been Success Profiles Radio. We talked about her book about value-based leadership, and we talked about the ten uh, top 10 principles, according to Dr. Betty, about what it takes to be a leader. Uh, we talked about pinpointing what your values were. If you missed any part of this, please feel free to go back and listen again. You can download and subscribe to the Success Profiles Radio show on iTunes anytime. You can go to www.successprofilesradio.com to listen to any episode as well. Please come back next week where I will interview another world-class achiever on how they made their journey worthwhile, what they learned and overcame, and what lessons we can learn from that. Until then, uh, have a wonderful week. I look forward to seeing you again next Monday. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Have a wonderful week. Take care. Goodbye. Thank you, Brian. being a part of Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Each week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how